Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Youth and Culture Podcast, where youth ministry and culture collide. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinkham. Happy September, everybody. We are recording on September 1st, and I'm excited for a multitude of reasons, but I'm also terrified because my wife and I have decided that we are going to do No Sugar September, and I'm fat. So the sugar uh, lack is is going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we 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 I tried that. Me and my wife tried that. Uh, uh, good not a couple years ago. We did a thing called Trim Healthy Mama, which is a weird, that. weird little funky name. I don't know where that came from, but uh, so everything was sugar free, no sugar, no dairy, no gluten, mm-hmm. and. I'm not gonna lie, I hated it. Yeah. I'm currently <laughs> drinking black coffee and uh I wanna cry a little bit. And and when I say no sugar, like we don't mean like zero sugar at all. Okay. Like we're gonna eat fruits that has natural occurring sugar. We're talking like no added sugar and we're not even doing like the fake sugar stuff where the like I'm gonna get diet coke because I don't like to drink formaldehyde. So no no aspartame <laughs> or uh, all that other junk either. Like we're literally cutting sugar out completely. And I know the next few days I'm gonna be miserable. So while y'all are enjoying this episode on Friday when it drops, I'll be crying in my bed because <laughs> my head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be feeling you, but I, I had to have to say probably I I needed to be doing the same thing, cut down the sugar because my biggest weakness in life is food mm. uh love some food and my uh weakness at night is eating sweets yeah so you know how you're not supposed to like load up before a diet starts or a mm-hmm. challenge like we did the youth pastor diet last year and you're not supposed to like bulk up before the diet challenge starts because that apparently always fails we have six packs of Oreos in our house that we've been trying to get rid of for the last week. <laughs> and when I say trying to get rid of, oh, we're doing it the right way. Oreos and cookies while we watch Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> After the kids go to bed. You know, you mentioned, funny you mentioned Oreos. That's by far probably my biggest snack foods mm, is okay. Oreo and a, and a glass of milk. Mm. Dunking the Oreos mm. in the milk. Mm. All right. What's your favorite flavor? Favorite flavor? Yeah, Oreos. Double stuffed regular. Regular double. Oh, wow. Mine's mint. I love mint. They also have Java chip. Actually, if you're listening to this after the podcast is over, go on our Facebook page and tell us what your favorite flavor of Oreo is under the comments of this podcast. I would love to find out what your favorite flavor of Oreo is because there's a lot of really good flavors out there. See, I, I'm not. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of all the, of different Oreo flavor Oreo flavors. I just like the original, but I do like the double stuff because I like the the cream in the middle. Have you tried Mega Stuff? I haven't tried Mega Stuff yet. I, I can tell you, uh, double stuff is amazing. Mega Stuff is too much. 
It's, it's, <laughs> it's too much. The, the the cookie middle stuff ratio is out of whack, and it needs to go back to double stuff and stay that way. <laughs> Speaking of terrible transitions, what are we talking about today, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, 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 today's it. Today's podcast is we're, uh, it's a little bit different in the sense of, of we've never done this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're actually, I actually had an opportunity to talk to one of my students who uh, is graduating out of, out of our uh, youth student ministry here and also uh, serving this coming year uh, as a small group leader to junior high guys. So I, so I got to talk to him a little bit. Uh, we, we talked about uh, about student ministry, different aspects of student ministry, has it impacted him uh, the last seven years, how he's grown in the last seven years, um, just to, to hear his heart in a little bit. Because uh, I think from a, from a student pastor perspective, sometimes we have our own opinions, and our opinions come uh, from parents, and opinions come uh, from leaders, and, and from students, but not many youth pastors have an opportunity opportunity to re- really uh, listen and hear uh, the opinions from a student who's who's gone from sixth grade all the way through graduation, who's been the student ministry, grown from the student ministry, be able to hear his perspective and his heart. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to do that on the podcast with one of my students um, who's been a leader who's been serving uh, in our student ministry, also serving uh, throughout our church as well. Well, that's going to be fun. We're going to get to hear him spill the tea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, stay tuned as we talk with Ethan Driggers. guys i am excited about today's interview it's going to be a little bit of a different interview i am not interviewing a author or a uh like a special guest uh, speaker or whatnot in the podcast i'm actually going to be talking with uh one of my students and the reason why i've kind of uh wanted to kind of talk to him a little bit uh was just because i've had uh this particular student from sixth grade all the way uh to well he's he's in early college so technically he's got one more year in early college but i've had him for a full seven years in our student my student ministry so i kind of wanted to hash him out talk to him um, about student ministry and, and kind of pick his brain uh, a little bit, how it's like to be in a, in a ministry with one youth pastor from uh, sixth grade all the way to 12th grade. Uh, so Ethan Driggers, Ethan, how about you kind of talk, uh, introduce yourself a little bit, uh, talk about um, who you are and, and what you enjoy doing. Uh, hey, uh, my name is Ethan Driggers. I'm 18 years old. Uh, I'm technically a high school graduate. I still give myself that credit, even though I've got one more year as an early college student. Um, I'm a musician. I love to play guitar. I like to write. Um, and I 
do a lot of the stuff in the youth at Hyde Park and I participate and I'm, I'm a leader there. So Ethan, I, I wanted to kind of, kind of, I want to ask a question, like a loaded question right off the bat. And, and those of you who are listening, um, um, the reason, again, one of the reasons I want to talk to Ethan is just, Ethan's been in my ministry for seven years. He's seen, uh, the good and bad of ugly of some things, uh, in, in youth ministry and student ministry, even with, with me, me as a youth pastor. Uh, but Ethan, what, what were the most important aspects of youth ministry that helped you, that helped you grow in your faith? If you had to pick, uh, a few things, what would that be? Oh my gosh. Where do I start? I, I think, um, one of the biggest things was the, the time that you spend after preaching and the time that you spend uh, kind of in a, in a, in a smaller group during like small group times, um, kind of speaking to one another and speaking to like uh, any kind of whatever youth leader you might have. Um, I think those times that you have to be uh, candid with the people around you almost allows you to uh, reflect on things that you might not actually reflect on when you're home alone. Um, I think we kind of go about our lives and then we, we finally get up to church and um, and you can choose to still kind of just go through the motions. But I think if you um, spend that time in small group, I think that it really is a time that allows you to reflect and be able to hear other people's thoughts. And I think that really helped me grow my faith, just being able to talk to people that um, not just leaders like Ryan and other people, but also being able to talk to people my age and, and talking about the things that we deal with um, and how it's affecting our spirit uh, life. So I think that, I think that's a huge one, but um, in addition to one-on-one, I do think that uh, there is a level of time that you spend with that leader outside of small groups that um, can really help you help influence your spiritual life. Um, I think that uh, a pastor or a leader that is, so down to earth that it feels like he's almost on your level, but he still has a leadership position that you're aware of. Um, I think that a lot, that kind of brings it to earth for you and lets you know that uh, these people are, are just like you and um, they are sinners saved by the Lord that uh, you, that you can look to and aspire to be like, and it, it kind of helps you grow in your faith in that way. Um, being reminded that we're all, we're all just people, you know? Yeah. You, you mentioned, you talked about, uh, okay, small groups. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there with you. Uh, and, th- and again, I share this me to those of you listening, those of you avid listeners to the podcast know that, uh, I really am, am a harper for, for small group ministry, uh, within youth ministry. Uh, a lot of it has to do with, with kind of what Ethan shared a little bit. Um, I do think that that students, it's it's probably your biggest avenue of discipleship. Um, of course, us as youth pastors, we like we like to think that the big, uh, large group speaking setting is uh, the best setting for youth ministry because we like to hear our, a lot of times like to hear ourselves talk and like the crowd. But in reality, that's really the least important thing guess uh in a sense that that's not what students really are going to remember it's the, they're going to remember the relationships they have not what you're speaking in the large, large group settings so ethan 
kind of, I just want to talk about small group ministry. Would you, would you say that, uh, and your time in a student ministry, and again, I'm not perfect. You know, this, our ministry is not perfect. We have things we got to work on things that, uh, have improved on, but would you say that, uh, the time that you were in small groups is one of the biggest discipleship, uh, parts of your life? Absolutely. Yes. Um, I think early on when I first when we I first came into the youth group, um, it small groups was not as heavily uh, done. It was not it was not quite a focus. I think, but I I did start to believe as uh, the years went on that it was getting more pushed more and more and more into our youth group. And the more it got pushed in, the more I felt like it had a bigger impact on me. It had a bigger bigger impact on the other students around me. Um, I do think small groups is, is a powerful thing. And, uh, I think that, uh, it gets, it tends to get ignored. Like, like you said, Ryan, I do think that, um, people think you need to have this big bombastic preaching sometimes. And in reality, uh, sometimes you just need six, seven, eight, ten 10 people in a room talking about what they dealt with and talking about what the Lord's leading them to do. Um, I really do think that's probably one of them. That's to me, that's more important than, than the preaching and it's had a huge impact on me just being able to be candid with people in the same room and not have to worry about those conversations leaving that room. No, no, absolutely. One, one thing, and you, you, Ethan, you just brought up and this, which is what we practice in our student ministry is, is accountability. Uh, of course we're split up between uh, age and gender in our small groups. Uh, so you can be a little bit more honest, a little bit more genuine, um, in our small groups, but part of that built in is accountability. And when there's accountability, there's vulnerability, uh, to where you're sharing stuff that it's hard to share. Uh, but at the same time, that's the kind of atmosphere we want to have in our small groups because we want to give our students an opportunity to confess sin with each other, to pray over each other and to grow, uh, with each other. So that leads to the next thing I want to ask you. You talked a little bit uh, about a little bit about leadership stuff right, right at the beginning too. But of course, you're you're heavily involved um, in different leadership roles in the student ministry and outside the student ministry. In fact, uh, in the youth ministry ne- uh, this coming year, we're going to utilize you for as a small group leader for junior <laughs> high, yeah. uh, which I'm excited about. So how has being in leadership roles from student leadership, worship, et cetera, helped uh, you grow as a leader? It's done all kinds of things. I, I think, I believe the first kind of position of leadership that I had in the, the, in the youth was when I was a part of uh, the youth band leadership. Um, and we would get together and, and talk about, you know, what songs we were going to do and, who was going to be playing that week and just little things like that. And that kind of led into when I started doing student leadership, which was for the whole broad youth group that had an immense impact on, on how I lead because um, I think I've always felt this way. And I think I finally figured out how to put it into words as I've gotten older is that I don't, I can't say that I normally want to lead. I'm not stymied, but I'm not stymied when I get the feeling that there is a need for a leader. So what I, what I mean by that is when there is a, 
a leader, when a leader is needed, I am willing to step in and I will do it. No problem. And it's something that I feel like I'm blessed to be able to do. Um, it's not something that I have a problem with doing. So I think by stepping in those positions such as student leadership, and I kind of went into it, uh, maybe just doing it because I was requested to or uh, anything like that. But then as I went on, as I, as I, went, <laughs> as I went into it, I might have been just requested to do it, but it was because the people around me that told me to go into it knew that there was a need there and that was something that I was capable of doing. And those, I've, I mean, I've learned tons of skills from these leadership groups, but um, some of them are just, you know, how to, to be a better leader. And some of them, some of those skills just include just being able to hold yourself well um, and to be confident in yourself because uh, how are you going to effectively lead someone if they don't see someone that they think is worthy of following, you know what I'm saying? And in the end, they are not following me. I'm just directing them to the Lord. But if you, that's not to be confused with being prideful and pompous, because if you hold yourself at that level, you're no longer, you're no longer something they feel as if they can reach. So that's the whole point of leadership is, is, directing them in the right direction and telling them the right thing to do, but still remaining on this level of, of almost even ground and letting them know that I'm not any better than they are. Um, <laughs> not by a long shot. And that reminding them of that while encouraging them to do the right thing, to seek God, to, to, to be humble, all of that stuff kind of encompasses trying to disciple and trying to be a good leader. And that was definitely taught to me during my time of student leadership and, and even just leading outside of student leadership, just as, um, just during youth, during recreational time and during, during, uh, small groups and anything else, it, it all, it all kind of, once you learn, once I learned there, it kind of all just seeped out into everything that I did. Yeah, I do have to say that, uh, uh, for you personally, you and, and a few others uh, in the in the youth ministry, that you started out all most of y'all started out doing worship. That's that's really what y'all started doing when we first started doing worship band. Yeah. Uh, when it was just me, me and my wife, uh, and it was just us two, and then it moved on to adult type of band, then then moved into a, a to a student leader student led uh, worship band. That's really where, where the, I think, in my opinion, the leadership started, and we we springboard off of that into more of a student leadership for um, all the youth ministry springboard off of that. But I do have to say in between you and, and, and uh, Hannah and a few others uh, who are also serving now on our worship uh, with the adults and making our, to be miles. And if I have to be straight up honest, it makes y'all make our adult Sunday morning worship band sound better. Let's just be honest. I appreciate it. Uh, it, it <laughs> I try. It, 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 they, they, they would not sound as good without y'all, <laughs> with y'all, y'all on stage. Uh, I appreciate it. That's, that's a little bit, of, a little bit of selfishness on me, but it is also reality at the same time. Um, uh, but it's, it's kind of cool to see how, uh, me as a, as a youth pastor, see, have see you and, and others from where you were in sixth grade, uh, as, is this, I'm just gonna be a little short kid who is uh, <laughs> every junior, every sixth grader is awkward. So and loud a and awkward sixth grader. 
you were, you were loud, you were loud, but not as loud <laughs> as some others that we have. Um, see where you were at the beginning and to see where you are now, it's been amazing to see how God has grown you spiritually. Part of that has to do with uh, our leaders, uh, youth leaders pouring into you and pouring to others and seeing that growth there. Um, and of course, you and yeah, you and uh, uh, Caleb and Cameron have really been, for me personally, have been my three that I've really poured into the last last few years. And for those of you who are, who are listening, um, one thing that I, I I look at discipleship when I look at discipleship model, I look at when you look at Christ. You see, Christ had the multitude, he had his twelve. And then he had his three when it comes to levels of discipleship. And when I look at the 12, I see that more of a small group setting, which I've been leading small groups in, even though I'm the youth pastor, I've also been the small group leader for the last seven years as well. And so I see that as my, as my 12, I've really had to try to home in on, on three to four people. And, and you and, and Cameron and Caleb have, have been that over, over the years. So it's really cool to see where you where you where you've been at, where you are now, and how God's using you, and how you're getting ready for going to college uh, <laughs> here after this year, after you finish early college, you get ready to go to college, and uh, looking forward to see how God's going to use you there. Uh, but one one last question I want to ask is that if you could tell, if there's something you can tell other youth pastors, if you can tell us one thing in relation to discipling students, what would that be? I would say this is kind of an offshoot from the previous question, speaking about leadership. Uh, I believe that there are times for a leader that is my age and a, a, a bigger leader, such as a youth pastor, um, and there are going to be times when you do not want to have to lead them or disciple them. You either will not feel like you have it in you, or you feel like they're impossible. <laughs> it's one or the other. Sometimes they're difficult, and sometimes it, they do have a lot on their soul, and sometimes you might feel like you're not capable of investing in them. But uh, the number one uh, just encouragement or piece of advice I would say is that um, to never be afraid to reach out to them and ask hard questions and challenge them in ways that they might not think to be challenged. Um, I think that especially goes for for students that you clearly see that there's a desire in them to they they know there's something wrong with their soul whether they're saved or not and they want to improve they want to grow closer to God those are people that are that are ripe for investing in but they're still investing for people that that don't they don't really follow Christ or they might just go to church because it's a it's a it's a knee jerk reaction because their parents make them go um there's so many different um, demographics of people that you'll be reaching out to, but all of them in a way would just come down to investing in them, even if you feel like you cannot. And I think that challenging them in ways, once, once you have grown close to them, you've built that relationship, challenging them on the things that you see that they might struggle with and just being honest with them. Um, I think of a youth pastor that is, I think we, in especially in the South where we're at, that we do talk a lot about all of this, look at the way the world's going and we're so full of sin and this and that, but there's never any kind of self-reflection. What are we doing that is that we're struggling with? And I think that a youth pastor that is not afraid to challenge students to look within 
but not just make them look within, but encourage them and invest in them and treat them with respect and letting them know that this is not just some problem you have. This is a problem that everybody's, everybody's got something and it's whether or not you decide to turn to God for it. Um, I think that challenging them in that way is one of the best things that a youth pastor can do. And I, I do think that it's something that is not done. I do think sometimes youth uh, culture is go on trips and go have do band and listen to music and have a good time. And all of that's good. That's a, that's a supplement. That's a supplement to what we actually do, which is investing and teaching about Christ and learning because fellowship is important. That's how that is a part, part of our growing. But I do think that's elevated to a level that is not, not necessary. And it won't get you anywhere. If you, if you stay at the, just the fellowship part, you never have, you have to dig deeper. So I do think challenging them and investing in them in ways that you might not think to do um, is one of the most important things. Yeah. You brought up uh, a good reminder. And again, I talk about this on the podcast too, is that if your youth ministry is stuck in a pizza party mode, in <laughs> other words, it's, it's nothing but fun and games and that's it. And it's very shallow. Um, your student ministry may grow numerically, but it's dead spiritually. Mm. Um, and that's one thing that uh, I got convicted on early on, uh, over 10 years ago when it comes to student ministry, because I kept seeing how youth pastors in some ways wanted to remain teenagers. Uh, and it's okay to have, to be, to have a fun youth pastor wants to do stuff. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's, it's something's amiss when you want to stay the, the maturity level and the spiritual material level as a teenager. And that's a, that's a big problem. And I kept seeing that over and over. And, and the more I, the more I sought wise counsel and the more I grew spiritually, the more I realized that at, me as a youth pastor, I want us to have fun. Cause that's part of, that's part of youth ministry and that's part of how kids relate. Uh, but at the same time, it's the focus is not going to be fun. The time and the focus is going to be on kids growing in their faith. And from a numerical standpoint, that is always small. Um, mm. and Ethan, you can answer this over the last, last seven years. We, we've, we've, uh, we, we, I think the first two years I got there, we doubled, I, the youth group doubled in size numerically and yeah. i haven't done anything anything different the last three three to four years uh but we've actually seen a a little bit of a decline numerically for when, specifically wednesday nights our midweek program uh, but we've been seeing that and of course i've been tracking that uh, but the flip side even though we have our issues we have our problems. We're not perfect. There's no, if you're a perfect youth ministry, you're lying to yourself. Um, but I do have to say when it comes to the spirituality of people growing in their faith, that has always been high. Now it's not, to me, it's not where I think it needs to be. I think it needs to be even better, but to see where we were six years ago. And of course you remember this as a sixth grader, uh, when I came in and, and we were very, very much a cliquish youth group. Oh uh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Every group and had a it, corner it, for each room. That was, how it was. yeah. And, and then you had, then you had the senior high who, uh, pretty much at that time hated the junior high. Uh, and I remember getting pulled into a, a, a 
back room uh, with the, some of the senior high, and they were they're complaining about the junior high, how they wanted to split the youth group, and we only at that time had 15 kids coming uh, during that time. And I look at them, and I was like, I let them have their pity party. And then I looked at them, so look, look, y'all were sixth graders. Do you want high schoolers to treat you this way, the way you're treating them? So look, you should be leading them. So no, I'm not splitting y'all up. We only have 15, about 15 people coming. <laughs> so you need to step up and lead and be spiritual leaders to them. And at that point, I think we, we lost, we lost probably, and you probably don't remember this, but we probably lost, I would say about 10 senior high. My uh, God, I didn't that know transition that. Because, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's just, it is what it is. They, they wanted a pizza party youth group and I was unwilling to have a pizza party youth group and I wanted y'all to grow spiritually I want, and I wanted y'all to have fun but at the same time I wanted y'all to grow spiritually I want you to learn how to spend time with God what does that look like how to share your faith uh, with your peers uh, how does it mean to be a spiritual leader leading others spiritually what does that look like I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to throw this in. I, and I, I, I feel like I've seen, I mean, maybe I could be wrong. You could correct me on this, but I feel like I've seen we, that we have made progress in terms of that, uh, in terms of the older kids kind of investing into the younger kids. It's not always perfect. We're not always there, but I do feel like that's happened more recently. And on top of that, just during fellowship, just kind of the, the senior high kind of speaking to the junior high, bringing them in, like, Hey, do this with us. Come here. Just things like that. And I feel like that has almost influenced our time during small groups. I think it has allowed the small group, the younger kids to think these are people that do care about me. And these are people that will listen to me. And then during, I feel like we have a more active junior high in terms of their speaking out, in terms of praying, in terms of the things that they do. And I think that's almost as a result of that, the, the, the senior high investing into the junior high in such a way. No, I agree. And again, like I said, those of you are listening, I'm not perfect. And a lot of this has to do with, with me just uh, trying something, failing at it, trying something, failing at <laughs> it, and, and going off and, and figuring And then until I figured something out that semi works and has been working effectively, at least for us. Um, but one thing that I did not, I forgot to mention this earlier, which uh, it's kind of tied into the whole leadership thing that we do at our at in our student ministry is one thing that I am a big proponent of, and I started this early on is is covenants. Um, having a covenant for different roles, you can say job description, you can say what you want, but basically what it is it's an expectation of what it means to be a leader in whatever role. Uh, my youth, my adult leaders have to sign one. Um, and uh, the worship, our worship, uh, student worship band has to sign one. Our student leadership band, uh, leadership team has to sign one. And each each one realm of leadership has different expectations. Uh, and one of the expectations I had early on uh, for our student leadership is for them to find accountability, someone who's older and more seasoned spiritually to pour into them, and also for them to find someone younger than them to pour into. Uh, and I did that years ago. And of course, we're not perfect. Of course, last year during COVID, student leadership hasn't met at all. Um, I'm trying to pick that up and, and almost start from scratch in some sense <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in the fall. Uh, but one thing, I've, I, once I start 
and I, I forget who I learned this to do these covenants and these expectations or job descriptions, whatever you want to call them. Um, I forget who I got this idea from, uh, but it has been, to me, has been a game changer to have that in our student ministry uh, to raise the bar. Because I feel like that a lot of times as church culture, we look at teenagers and think uh, they're not smart enough to handle big stuff or willing to hit, do big stuff. In reality, it's the opposite. In fact, when you, when you think of the word adolescence, adolescence is a fairly new thing. Um, and when you look at 100, 200 years ago, kids were getting married and going to college, sometimes 13, 14, 15. And, <laughs> but our culture has produced this mindset of adolescence, thinking that teenagers can't have responsibility like adults, uh, which is to me is incorrect. Uh, it, it all de depends on how you develop teenagers. If you develop Absolutely. them to be lazy and thinking they're, <laughs> they're uh, not smart enough to handle stuff, and of course they're going to meet that level. If you raise the bar spiritually and even developmentally, they're going to meet that bar. Um, so anyway, and the good examples in our student ministry, I've seen that happen in the last seven years. Uh, but one thing I want to talk about too with you, Ethan, is is um, is that I think the last seven years, of course, we, I wasn't perfect in the first two years. The first two years I was doing it all. Uh, but I do have to say that last few years, our student ministry, if I had to guess, no longer revolves totally around me. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree. And that's, that's like, <laughs> that's like a no brainer. And that's good. That is not a bad thing. That is excellent. Yeah, describe why would why would you think that is excellent for for a student ministry not to completely revolve around me? Because for one, for one, you're not the savior. <laughs> so I think when everything when everything in the entire youth is go to Ryan, go to Ryan, it's Ryan. Ryan's doing this. Ryan's doing that. For one, um, I think that almost gives an indication of no one else is capable of doing this job. Um, when I, and I'm not saying your job's easy, <laughs> not in the slightest, I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that there are other spiritual leaders that have, that have, can, that can step up and can do this. And when you see these other people, that is not just you investing in people and leading uh, worship or leading, uh, small groups that day, when you see that, it shows that there are other people that you can reach out to more than just Ryan. Um, and I think, I mean, even even in another perspective, if you want to look at it a different, a different way, I learned this from the past year is that uh, you can only be stretched out so thin. And if the youth pastor is doing absolutely everything, he's leading, he's putting together music, he's doing absolutely everything he can, he's not going to be able to invest fully into certain things that he believes to be important for student ministry. You cannot be stretched that far. That, I, think, I, I truly believe that's the way that the devil almost gives you burnout is by giving you so much to do and so many uh, responsibilities that you almost just kind of do it like, like it's your job instead of, and it is your job, but you just do it because you have to instead of what your purpose is and what God's called you to do.
Now, I agree. One thing that, of course, those of you who are listening who've li been listening to this podcast for a long time know that I'm I'm a big. Uh, one thing I preach is building a sustainable youth ministry. Basically, what that means is a youth ministry that doesn't revolve around youth. Uh, because if you build a sustainable youth ministry, a ministry that is not revolved around you, if something happens to you personally, either God calls you to another season of ministry or if you get ill and you have to step back from ministry for a period of time, the youth ministry will be that you were in will be absolutely okay. It would go through a hard time. But it will be okay because you would have people in place for ministry, whether it's worship, small groups, all this. You would have people and leaders in place to serve and to meet those aspects of your student student ministry. Uh, of course, you, Ethan, you know that we're not perfect in that. We've gotten, we're getting closer closer to to that. Um, uh, yeah. we have now we have Trey, who's over our, our worship uh worship band we have uh now clint who's who's clint, stepping yeah. up is going to be he's going to be doing some teaching uh for with me as well and now we have um we have a group who does sunday morning who's very much involved in that and i don't do much with that anymore um seeing them take over and also i have someone who helps out with events um uh, and so we have all these different realms and leaders and people leading and serving because my role as a path pastor is to train and equip others for ministry, not me do all the ministry. Because um, if you're doing all the ministry, you're not training and equipping leaders, then you're not fulfilling your role as a pastor. Your role as a pastor is to train and equip leaders, which is adults and students to lead and to serve. Well, Ethan, I just want to thank you for your time and uh, taking out the, your time of your day. I know that you, I forget, you just got done doing a birthday. It was a birthday party. Is that correct? Yes, it was my cousin's. Well, we just went to go see him. It was my cousin's 20th birthday. So we wanted to stop by and uh, tell him happy birthday and spend some time with him. Yeah. Well, Ethan, I just want to thank you for taking your time and coming out of the podcast today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. I enjoyed it. And that was really, really enjoyable for me to have an opportunity to talk to Ethan. Uh, in fact, Ethan's an avid listener to this podcast. In fact, when, he, when, he, when I asked him, would he be interested in me talking with him uh, for the podcast, he was ecstatic and excited. He's like, I, I'm actually talking, I'm being interviewed for a podcast. At the, the same podcast, interviewed John Cooper. I am in. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what? I was thinking as I listened to this, um, I think that uh, uh, no matter what happens with the podcast, you need to keep this MP3 file and put it in your blue folder because it's going to be one of those conversations that when you're feeling like you're the worst pastor in the world and everything's going wrong and everybody hates you and you're totally ruining your call and ministry in life, you have one of those days. You know, you can pull this thing out and listen to it and you can hear a kid who... Um, had an honest conversation, but that God used you to disciple for the kingdom. And that's, that's really exciting uh, to just hear that this kid not only grew and matured as a young man and as a Christian under your ministry, 
and allowed God to be a part of that, but that he has been affected so much so that he's willing to serve as well and to continue doing what it is that you've discipled him to do, which means, congratulations, 2 Timothy 2.2, you have created a disciple, good sir. <laughs> hey, yeah, and again, and with this whole entire talking to Ethan, it's it it's not wasn't me at all. It was all God uh, throughout those seven years when it comes with him and with other, other students because one thing I learned early on um, was I can't, and this is for, true for anybody who's listening, you, you, I couldn't impact the life of every single student the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't I can't have that kind of relationship with every single student. And so I, and I actually struggled with that early on um, doing ministry until I heard, uh, I don't know where I heard it, you maybe through a podcast or reading a book, um, the model of Christ of you have he has his multitudes, the 12 and his three. And he really poured in to uh, the 12 and especially his three. And so uh, as I was doing ministry early on here at my current location, I, I looked, okay, so I, I have my 12, my 12 is student, my student leadership team that we've developed and I'm pouring into them. Uh, but who, who's going to be my three, three or four people that I'm really, really pouring into? And so he ended up being one, one of the students because he, he was desiring it. He wanted it. Um, and I saw a lot of leadership potential in him early on, even as a sixth grader. Uh, as a sixth grader, he was very much blunt, spoke his mind. He does that even now, too. I sometimes have to calm him down so a little bit. But thank you where he speaks. Young Buck um, Syndrome. Yes, but he's, he, cause he's, he's, he, his motto in life, as similar to mine when I was in high school is that I hate stupid people. <laughs> he can't, he can't, he can't stand people who are, who are dumb. who don't think things out. It drives him nuts. And so, so I have to learn to say, yeah, it's okay. Just be tactful. <laughs> you respond sometimes, but he's gotten better as he's gotten older. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, it was kind of neat seeing that. And it was a good reminder for me because this is my, it's I've been in my current location for seven years. It's a good reminder for me that even though early on, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing, uh, that God was working from the beginning up until now, even when I couldn't see it. It's for the same way for those of you who are listening, you, you may be thinking that God's not using you and God's and the things are, aren't going the way you want it. Uh, just get, be patient. Uh, understand that God is working behind the scenes, whether you realize it or not. And you just may not see it until years later. Yeah. And, and to be honest, uh, I've had that those days before. And it's been very beneficial to go home and, and you know, I, I do my whining and complaining to my wife. And then she sits there and she goes, hey, are you teaching them scripture faithfully? Well, yeah. Are you investing into a few of their lives specifically and more intentionally? Well, yeah. Are you doing what's been asked of you by the senior leadership? Well, yeah. Then you need to leave the results up to the Lord because you're being faithful. And that reminder... Uh, really helped that we may not see the reward right away. We may not see the fruit right away, uh, but the work is worth it. And it's really just our job to plant the seed, water it a little, and then the Holy Spirit's the one that causes the increase. So I, I hope this is an encouragement. I hope just hearing this conversation with this student today was an encouragement for all of you. And um, if you haven't yet, uh, I would really appreciate it. I know Ryan would too. If you guys could hop on to Apple Podcasts and leave a comment or a star review, because we really appreciate you guys listening, but we'd also love to hear from you. 
And uh, we'd also love to continue keeping our content near the top of the search results so that people who are looking for solid youth ministry content can find it. Uh, and if there's a topic that you'd like to hear from us about that we haven't covered on the podcast, or maybe we covered it pre-COVID and everything has changed now, so maybe we need to cover it again, uh, please let us know. We'd love to connect with you in our Facebook group, the Youth and Culture Facebook group. Uh, you can also email us uh, as well. The email's on that page as well. Um, but we'd love to discuss this with you. Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode.